This is Amber. And this is Shannon. And you're listening to Twin Beats, the Chicken Fanatics podcast. It's fucking great. Greetings, cockerel-cuddling companions in this fine, foul-friendly flock. Welcome to episode 12 of the Twin, Twin Beaks, Beaks Podcast. Chicken Podcast. I'm Shannon. I'm Amber. And welcome to the show. Welcome, all you wonderful people. I was looking at our uh, numbers recently, and wow, it's it's great to see so many people enjoying the show and from different places all over the planet. That was particularly cool. To, yeah. So yeah. Thanks for tuning in. So hello, all you people out there all over the world, chicken fans everywhere. <laughs> Let's see here. So why don't we start the show with a very brief update in what's happening in our own chicken world. Amber, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on. Yes, so I think last time we mentioned that the chickens had come down with some sort of bumps, blisters on their combs, and it was only on the larger, the ones with the larger combs, and it had happened right after one of our ladies had gotten out on the street and been doing God knows what. So um, we were quite concerned, um, and I just got some iodine and started putting it on the little spots a couple times a day. We had researched and found out that that stops the spread of pox if it was indeed that. And um, I also got them some basil oil to put in their water. And we are still undetermined about what exactly that was, but it seemed to just heal up and go away and not spread and not go to any of the other chickens. And I almost suspected it might have been blisters from a a sunburn um, because it was an exceptionally hot day. Um, so they're doing good and they've recovered from whatever it was. Maybe we had a little bit of a false alarm. And, it happens. Uh, yeah. So it's hard to tell, you know, what that little scab might be. Right. Maybe it's, better it's safe the beginning than sorry. of something. Maybe it's the end of something. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And other than that, they've just been um, completely decimating our yard. Yes. I had a report from. <gasps> uh, Admiral Riot Gear, oh. the Barnevelder, he says that Operation Eat Everything has been completed. Oh, good. Glad to see things are <laughs> under control in the backyard. Wow. So we had Sergeant just... Peckers letting him do his duty. <laughs> <laughs> we had a patch of wild onion back there that was, you know, what, a foot, foot and a half tall. It was a 30 jungle. feet by 20 feet, mm -hmm. maybe more. And I mean, if if you live out in the country, you're laughing, I know, but it it seems like a formidable patch to, to a city backyard. It's a lot of greenery. And we had, let's see, we've got six now. Yeah, six chickens. Six chickens now, because we got rid of the two. Mm -hmm. And just the six of them have just killed it. Yeah, down to the the dirt. They've they've um, eaten the grass down as low as possible, and um, 
oh, they're kind of going for some of the ornamental plants and I'm kind of letting them because I know it's kind of, um, unless I have time to really reinforce it, then it's kind of a losing battle to try to chase them out of there. So I just kind of let them. You're letting the chickens have the yard is I'm basically what it is. I'm letting the chickens do whatever they want. I'm a bad chicken mother. Well, I no don't discipline. know. Maybe you're a bad yard mother. Hey, but yeah, then okay. Maybe you just are a really good chicken mother. Yeah. And letting them have whatever they want. Yeah. I yeah. like the sound of that better. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's not like we were contending for better homes and gardens back there anyway. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. it's uh, There's a lot of big trees in our yard, and we're renting, so... And we've got it pretty good in that department, so it's don't rattle the landlord. And mm -hmm. they're giant trees that would cost a fortune to remove. And it's sort of just, with them back there, the yard is pretty much limited, let's just say. So might as well just let the chickens have it. Right. They, they're they fun to watch. We love them. So, you know. Yeah, so there's that. And uh, I guess one other thing is that I think I figured out how the hen got out, which is that we had this side gate bungee corded shut. And I noticed when I was out there in a windstorm that the wind was blowing and holding the door open. Mm. So that's, they always seem yeah. to find something. She really has not tried that again. And I don't think she will because I distinctly felt that when she was back in my hands and passed over the fence from our neighbor that she, she looked to be back. terrified right. she she was glad to be back i could tell <clears throat> so i don't think we'll have to worry about that too much anymore oh and speaking of riot gear uh riot gear is the barnavelder and uh we named her Riot Gear because as a chick, she looked like she had Riot Gear on. And maybe that's just because we live in Oakland. But <laughs> She also would do this kamikaze kick with the other chickens. Right. Too. She was fond of charging. Yeah. That was a thing, too. Charging which, and yeah. kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, so Riot Gear is the name. But Riot Gear, perhaps because of its fondness, her fondness for uh, charging and kicking... I think was the one that we talked about early on when we started the show that seemed to have sustained some sort of hip leg injury yes. that they just seemed to walk off. And now she's grown into what? She, she I don't know how old she is, but she's laying eggs, probably about six yeah. months old. And she's got a crooked tail, right? Mm-hmm. Right. She's the only one with the tail that, instead of pointing straight up proper, is cocked off at about a 45-degree angle. Mm -hmm. And I just think maybe that's because of some kind of... Because if you um, knock your tailbone out of place, it would kind of make sense that the feathers from that area might... Yeah, and she really got messed up from trying to kick this other nestmate in the head and it didn't work out Jump so well. Jump kick to the head didn't yeah, work out. She was in bed for a day uh, or two over that one. The Junior Ninja Brigade. Yes. <laughs> so I think that brings us to the Chicken Cabinet of Curiosities and this week I have news. Um, an exciting development in Texas, um, and this is of particular interest because I've noticed across the country, I keep seeing articles about cities who are banning chickens just all over the place, and there's lots of uproar about it and a lot of protest over it. And um, 
Uh, there's quite a few counties that have differing laws in Texas, but the Texas Senate on Wednesday passed a bill by Van Taylor that wouldn't let cities prohibit residents from owning chickens as long as they owned six or fewer, and they could still ban roosters. But as it stands now, he's he's saying no more banning chickens. Like, we want chickens. And beyond that, um, Austin is taking it a whole step further and offering to pay residents to keep chickens. And it's part of their um, effort to have a zero-waste city. And mm. um, they're going to give you a $75 rebate for your coop. And all you got to do is take a chicken-keeping class purchase a chicken coop and keep the receipt and then you submit an online rebate application with the receipt and you get some money for it. So they're actually encouraging it um, because it, uh, they have these composting programs. Um, they have them in our city too where they come around and pick it all up and take it to a facility and do this and that with it, compost it. And I imagine that takes a lot of money to run. So what they're aiming for is to just get rid of that and just have people take care of the problem themselves by having the chickens do the job. The best solution is usually the most local one. Yeah, so they're smart. The less you have cool. to move things around, the yeah. better. Yeah, Yeah. we really ought to expound at some point on uh, the virtues of the chicken in terms of its role in a zero-waste uh, plan yeah. because they're so useful in, yeah. in that, um, my goodness, quite the converters. Little alchemists. Yes, indeed. Chicken <laughs> alchemy. Yes. Uh, so they're paying people to take chicken classes? or Yeah, yeah. You, ha you have to take a chicken keeping class. Right. And then you go to a retailer of your choice, buy a coop, save mm -hmm. your receipt, and they'll reimburse you $75, uh, which isn't $75. that much when it's you a $75 rebate. find when you realize how much chicken coops cost, but still, it's pretty cool. Yeah, because, sure. Because, you know, just having that attitude versus uh, we don't want them in our city because uh, – I'm not sure why. I think people are paranoid that they spread disease and maybe are noisy. Well, yeah, there's a lot there of noise lot of about that. I think part of the reason um, they have the chicken keeping class in this so that people will be <clears throat> responsible chicken owners. Apparently you so. can have cats up the, you know, oh, six sure. ways to Sunday and, uh, you know, just all over yeah. And, you know, of course, cats don't have any communicable diseases. Ha, oh, ha, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Cats can and actually they don't get... They eggs. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Cats really don't do much. It's so, so interesting. We really ought to get but... into the whole culture war thing that's kind of going on where some people are throwing in for and some are against. And, mm -hmm. you know, what I've been wondering lately is, like, why are roosters prohibited? Yeah. And, you know, I'll bet you that most cities have a noise ordinance. Yeah. And that's measured in decibels. And I'm pretty sure that roosters are loud, but I bet they're not that loud. Mm -hmm. And really, I th you know, I think you could make a legal case that it's discriminatory to target mm -hmm. roosters when what you should really do is target their effect, which is the noise. And if somebody mm -hmm. can make them not exceed 
just like mm. just like a, a concert you know if you want to have a rock band in your basement mm-hmm. what matters is how loud is it to your neighbor yeah you might you have know. to insulate an they area say, at night or something like that well no no bagpipes because yeah. we find those obnoxious you know yeah. it's it's a question of you know the quality of the disturbance yeah. but well just, i could guess i'll just go on to a big rabbit trail there and instead sense, of the though. news but I mean, you know for my rooster i think i mentioned this before i had a pet indoor rooster and it's a little bit more work but we did make uh, an enclosure for him to sleep in that was right. really really dark and soundproof so mm-hmm. that um everyone wouldn't be annoyed constantly by him so it's possible you know so if they make you get rid of your rooster, here's what you do. You find out what the local ordinance for sound is, and you get something that produces exactly that level of noise, and then you make it play rooster calls all day <laughs> and all night long. <laughs> oh, boy. And when they that come, like war, when they come and complain, you say, well, you know, I used to have this rooster, because I liked the sound of it, but then they made me get rid of it. So I bought this recording and looked up how loud I could play it legally, and this is how legally loud I can play it, and they won't be able to say anything. No, don't do that. Or maybe you should. Unless you hate your neighbors, then do it. Well, maybe you do if they made you get rid of your rooster. Maybe you hate them. Maybe maybe you should just play rooster sounds all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, But we should try to be sympathetic and all situations have empathy i guess um, yeah so anyway rooster um, haters yeah i'll hate on the roosters yeah um so next in the chicken news is the development of chicken therapy you've probably mm. heard of service dogs service cats all kinds of stuff but now we're moving what into if the... your rooster has feelings of inadequacy i'll have to get over it take it know. to a chicken Maybe therapy some, some uh, <laughs> chicken therapy yeah this is for people not chickens. oh oh okay so what do they do with people oh my gosh so <laughs> people with dementia and people in rehab places suffering from injuries or depression or all kinds of stuff they um, are finding that chickens are very therapeutic for them. And there's been a few people who have started bringing chickens to these places. And um, they've been a wild success. And um, there's an old folks home. um, And they actually set up a chicken coop for the people there. And they said it was just amazing because... When the people would hold the chickens, you could just tell that they were really calm. And they brought up that some of these elderly folks, um, the chicken had this kind of happy memory associated with them for a lot of them. Because they were saying a lot of them grew up on farms and stuff. And also this amazing thing, especially with the Alzheimer's patients, is that they can't really focus on things for very long and for this reason they thought that the chickens would be fantastic because you know they could and in, in, interact with them and then leave and come back and all this but what they found was that um, a lot of these folks were just absolutely mesmerized 
by the chickens and would sit and gaze at them calmly for a very long time, which was really great because a lot of um, <clears throat> Alzheimer's patients can sometimes get really agitated for some reason. So this was very, very helpful. And um, they, they said it also really helped because um, when people come to visit them there in a facility, in, in any sort of facility, um, it can be sometimes awkward. You're not sure what you're going to talk about or do. And so it encourages people to come visit because the kids can watch the chickens, the adults can watch, everyone can sit around and watch the chickens together. So that's pretty neat. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, so they're. Sure. Um, I I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened a long time ago, actually. Yeah, and they say you know they've been doing this with dogs and cats for a long time, but chickens are actually a lot cheaper to keep, sure. and um, they're just they they're, they're trained to pretty keep too. easy. Yeah, 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 and they actually give you eggs and stuff, and they say that you know um, taking care of an animal is sort of antidepressant for a lot of people, so they try to. Yeah get them to do these things and there's even some certification courses online which i thought i don't for what having your chicken be a certified therapy oh. chicken <laughs> so i did see something like that i can't vouch for you their credibility get, you can get your chicken yeah uh, it's like certified a as a therapist yeah and then you can just go get certified you're kind of like a translator for the chicken they do all the, the psychological, you know, working with the client, and you're just an interpreter. The chicken's the therapist. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how they really help people. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so... M- Mr. I, Jones, the chicken says that you should tell us about your mother. Speaking of like mother, that. this old folks home, thanks for reminding me, decided to name all the chickens after the patient's mothers. So they were named... Uh, Interesting. Clementine, Elsie, Beulah, Maybell, and Millie. Those are the names of Sounds about people's right. moms. So interesting, interesting, cool. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I hope that's a phenomena that spreads. It seems like it is. I yeah. used to go do an entertainment for, uh, for homes like that. Cool. Give people something to look at. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> yeah, cool. it's it's a fun thing to do. Nice, nice folks. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. You have anything else in that cabinet of yours this week? Not this week, Miss Amber. No, yes, we no? are finished. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you very much mm-hmm. for looking those things up for us and bringing us what's new. My gosh, some very good stuff. I. I think it's great that they're encouraging uh, people to have their own chickens down there in Texas. It's mm-hmm. uh, just seems like a good thing on a social resiliency wise and yeah. all of that. Yeah, they'll be much better prepared in case a, you know anything should happen. You know, <clears throat> speaking of being prepared, should anything happen, mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about. First aid for chickens. First aid for chickens. Yeah. You know, mm. in an emergency situation, you want to not be digging around all over the place trying to find supplies and while precious yeah. time is ticking away. Let's and... talk about that first. You know yeah. what sucks? 
digging around for a towel you don't being care about ruining in, while in you're a trying panic. to save your chicken. <laughs> well, something act, is acting like it's dying. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and no uh, the truth is about birds is that they're they're good. A lot of times you don't know that anything's wrong until it looks really bad. Yeah, so they're good at hiding. It's so much better if you just know where to run and to go get the one thing and you've got your kit all good to go yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So So for one thing I wanted to start about by talking about what we're talking about. So because we looked up a lot of stuff in preparation for this show. I mean, of course, we both have experience ourselves with first aid with birds, and we can get to that later. But we did a lot of preparation, and there are a fair number of uh, videos and blogs and all that out there on first aid, ostensibly. But what I noticed was that a lot of the, the so-called first aid kits that people share, and I'm not trying to be like criticize people for sharing what they have that's great but uh, I'm a big fan of distinguishing terms so everybody knows what we're talking about a lot of that stuff wasn't first aid it was like like shampoo chicken care it, this is my flippers, chicken care kit is what you know. it might be more aptly called yeah mixed with some first aid so we're not really going to be talking so much about chicken care as mm. Actual first aid. Scheduled chicken maintenance, but like something out of the ordinary happening that you don't expect. Yeah, where where intervention needs to occur, not how to bathe your chicken or clip your chicken's toenails or, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So let's just start with that. Yeah. So ours is going to be a little bit different than other people's and that we're going to really just try to focus on first aid. Yeah, and we also um, noticed, and there's nothing wrong with this whatsoever, that a lot of them contains a a plethora of really specific products. And um, we're that's great if you want to have all of that on hand, but we're kind of aiming for the basic kind of stuff that you just have around or might already have around your house that you could use um, for chickens. So if it's a problem where you have time to go to the store sometime over the next day or two, pick it up, bring it back and apply it, that's not what we're talking about either as much as first aid, you know, like think the guys in the ambulance, right? Yeah, yeah. And beyond first aid, as far as a catastrophic event, you know, We don't like to think about those sort of things happening, but you could underestimate the importance of being able to save and care for your chickens in a situation like that. Because if there's ever an interruption in the food supply or things like that, your chickens might be your lifeline, actually. And it would become very, very important to help them aside from loving them and caring about them, but as a source of um, survival for yourself until things got... um, up and running again so it's important in that regard as well yeah one of the virtues of having chickens is that you have a unending food supply there you know so how are you going to protect that Mm -hmm. keep it healthy Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so yeah uh with some basic 
uh, you know, telling them what you're going to tell them, why don't we talk about just, you know, I bet most people wouldn't guess that. Well, okay, let's talk about us because mm. I love to talk about myself. It feels. <laughs> oh, me too. I feel so good afterwards. Um, <laughs> so, Amber, yes. what what kind of experience do you have with birds and first aid? Oh, I was working at a wildlife rescue, and I was uh, pretty much a bird girl. We rescued all kinds of animals there, but everyone knew I liked the birds, so that's what I did most of the time. So we had a lot of different birds coming in with different injuries and conditions mm -hmm. and situations all day long, you know, just nonstop birds coming in. They're very yeah. delicate creatures. A lot of trauma, and by trauma, mm -hmm. I'm... I mean, like, you know, physical Blunt injuries. Injuries. Yeah. yeah. Hitting windshields. Lacerations, broken yeah. bones, that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how many years did you say? Two years. Two I years. Did, did that, yeah. Yeah. But so, good amount of time. Yeah, I, rem I remember you doing that. You were gone all day, regular. So <laughs> lots of hours in on that, for sure. Uh, yeah, I have pretty much similar experience um, with wildlife rehab although it's further back in my past i also got trained in first aid as part of a uh, park management degree and um don't really have a lot of field experience with that sort of thing i never was an ambulance person or anything like that but i've i've had a few situations in my time and uh, of course i had chickens for years uh sometimes very large numbers of them and you know there's injuries happen wildlife attacks happen stuff like that so between the two of us we we have some experience hands-on yeah. with this stuff so given that and it's kind of funny because you and I researched this sort of separately in the same room and we both noticed the same things about the articles and we both um, both decided that there was a most important thing to have mm -hmm. that wasn't get that except for one article it never got mentioned that I saw mm -hmm. and we both come up with that thing came up with that thing and it's not something that most people would guess so what is that cardboard box that's right the cardboard box the the main first aid thing you want to have in all chicken situations is a cardboard box it why folds, folds up flat just tuck it away because your chickens are going to need somewhere dark and quiet and warm to chill out and be separated from the rest of the birds and um, especially if you need to give them medications in their water, something like that, mm -hmm. they're going to have to be separated so that you can make sure just that bird is getting the dosage. And if you have several birds, um, it was mentioned you should have a tax, pet taxi or an enclosure of some sort. But, you know, if you have a couple birds that, that need to be quarantined from each other, getting some just big cardboard boxes and tucking them away somewhere can really be a big help. Yeah have both mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know sure. can't hurt to have both sure yeah yeah uh if by the way you have any penchant toward um rescuing wildlife i i like to suggest to people that they keep a cardboard box in their car mm -hmm. because it 
folds flat and is virtually invisible and it's great for throwing wildlife in that yeah. if you find an injured bird or something and, and you might think well I wouldn't stop further. to pick it up but you know what are you going to do if you find one stuck under your windshield wiper that's still alive yeah you throw it in a box yeah I've had that happen before me too I yeah. found a woodpecker not too long ago mm. that was stunned and it, it it just needed a little quiet time and it came yeah. back to and flew away a lot of times needed. that'll fix the problem yeah. they just kind of are still seeing stars yeah. and if you just throw them in a box and let them chill out for yeah. a bit. The other reason I like the cardboard box in terms of dealing with chickens, going back to chickens, is um, it has an adjustable aperture mm -hmm. on the top. Mm -hmm. So it's something like even a dog crate is kind mm -hmm. of big, mm -hmm. a lot of them, and or they're too small mm -hmm. and you stick the chicken in it and then you can't get your hands in around it yeah. and pull the thing out. So, you know, the box is better than like a quarantine room because it's a small yeah. enclosed place yeah. as opposed to a whole room. And then when you want to get at the chicken, you can just pull the lid open sufficient enough mm -hmm. to get your arms or just one in. side like one thing you can do is open just one end of the box and then have a towel over the, over the other so they don't right. come shooting out and what you want to okay. do is like use one hand reach in one hand and it's dark in there so mm -hmm. they're probably a lot calmer and make sure you know which way their head's pointing and then just kind of like grab around the shoulders on the wings so they're not going to be flapping and then once you have them kind of gently pinned like that you can reach under the chest and you have them very securely and can pull them out of the box without them flapping around, hurting themselves, struggling, which is really going to help. So. so thing number two mm -hmm. that you and I both arrived at independently that was hardly mentioned in any of the articles was... Well, I was going to say a, a towel that you don't care about. That's right, a towel. Yeah. And what do you do? Why would a towel be so important in first aid? Well, for one thing, you want to, you can use it to put under a heating pad so there's no direct contact with the chicken skin, which you want to avoid. And not only that, if you have to do some sort of surgery thing or, you know, a lot of stuff, you can um, wrap the chicken in the towel and kind of burrito them up. And they're they're not going to be flapping around and moving, and you can mobilize just, the patient. Yeah, you and they actually feel really secure, like that. And even if you cover their heads, it's dark, and they kind of just relax. And I've totally done a whole bumblefoot surgery where you had to cut open the foot and do all this stuff with a, a chicken like that, and she didn't struggle. Nothing laid there calmly the whole time. So that's a, a very important thing to have, and it's going to get dirty. And you don't want to be digging around in your cupboards going, oh, can I sacrifice this one? Can I sacrifice this towel? Oh, which one is it going to be? Just have one you don't care about just for that purpose. And that will be really good. So you can also use a towel to catch animals. Oh, yes, I forgot. So, and I'm going to delve a little bit into some animal psychology, but the basic Animals understand limbs, your arms, your legs. They know what those are for. They, they can see that you pick things up with them. They know that if you're swinging them towards them, it's because you intend to strike or catch them. If you pick up a towel as you advance on an animal to catch it, 
it doesn't see limbs. It sees a big block. So it doesn't really have anything to dodge or run away from, and it also makes you look... It, it hides your intent. And it also allows you to just throw the towel over the whole animal and then you can pin it down in the towel and gather it up mm -hmm. and then it's immobilized. So towels are also really good for catching birds mm -hmm. that, you know, may be flapping around because they're injured or mm -hmm. may not be totally tamed or, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've never met, had, well, the rooster that you can just walk up to and grab is rare. Right. You know, they, they like to try to get away. So that towel is good for pinning animals into corners, you know, because if you try to pin a chicken into a corner to catch it, it's going to look for a hole between mm -hmm. your arms. They're very good at it. And too. they're very good at it. <laughs> that towel, it there's no hole. Yes. You know, there's just this wall advancing on it. Yeah. Now, in terms of wrapping them... Um, let me go over to falconry, right? Everybody has seen the hawk on the guy's arm with the hood on it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they, you do the same thing with horses, too. You put blinders on them when you don't want them to spook. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to trap hawks for a uh, project in college, and that's how, you know, the first thing you do is put a bag over the hawk. And that's because an animal instinctually is constantly looking for escape routes and it's constantly assessing its environment. Okay, I've been captured. Where is the weak spot in this scenario mm -hmm. that I can exploit? And as long as it has something to pick, mm -hmm. it will try to escape. Mm -hmm. You know, that looks like the weakest, you know, they're not holding my hands right arms are over here so I could run that way whatever mm -hmm. it's scenario it's cooking up and if you just immobilize it and blind it then it basically says to itself okay there's no data to work with here I'm just stuck I might as well wait and they can get quite calm actually mm -hmm. and then they'll just get calm mm -hmm. but don't let that calm fool you because what and hawks are great at this. <laughs> they'll they'll just kind of go slack, and you'll just swear, oh, it's this thing's practically asleep. And what it's waiting for you to do is relax your grip just <laughs> slightly. Mm -hmm. And the moment you start to do it, you can even fake them out. <laughs> um, they'll start trying. They'll start with the foot slip, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. if they get that <laughs> foot out, you're in for a real painful surprise. Yes, yes. But and chickens, they're the same too, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I've had very tame chickens and very untamed chickens, yeah. and the untamed ones are just waiting for you to just relax that grip. And yeah. if you bag them or wrap them in a towel, they're not going to do that, and that's yeah. essential for a lot of medical yeah. actions. Yeah, not only is it essential for that, it's a, they have a lot of opportunity to really injure themselves worse or stress themselves when they're flapping around and it's very traumatic for That's them true. being caught. So the more gracefully you could do that and get it over with, it's better for them, for yeah. their injuries and for their mm -hmm. well-being. Yep. Also helps them get helps you get them into crates and boxes, mm -hmm. which they know when they're being put into something yes. and they don't want to go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So the wings will come out. You know, the feet will. You know, right. Yeah. They do the there. whole spread out thing and yeah. just wrap them in the towel. Mm -hmm. 
and um, the concept of warm, dark, and quiet sort mm-hmm. of goes with the towel and box, so I just want to add that in here. Yeah. So in wildlife rehab, there's this concept, there's this rule, whatever you call it, yeah. called warm, dark, and quiet. Yeah. And that's the three things that an animal needs as soon as you get it in. You yeah. don't want to give it food. You don't want to give it water. You don't want to stare at it. Mm-hmm. You want to put it somewhere warm, somewhere dark, and somewhere quiet. Just leave it alone. And Even leave it alone. Even the sounds can right. you know, stress it, and they've actually right. found that there's that animals heal better and are more likely to be released into the wild sooner when they're in a quiet place because they've shown that the voices of humans causes them to stress. Well, sure. Imagine you're a rabbit, Mm -hmm. and as a rabbit, you have one job, and that's don't get eaten. Okay, well, maybe two. Everyone else can guess what the other job is. But at any rate, well, so... (laughs) That means that every bump and skitter in the night, you know, everything that sounds like something talking outside is a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so, something you have to evaluate at least. You so know. you react. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a little stress. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. every yeah. little murmur that yeah. that animal hears. Yeah. I mean, chickens, it's a little different they're because domestic. they're used to people, but it's still just better for quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, warm, dark, and quiet. That's yeah. important. If you can give them nothing else, give them that. And uh, miraculously, many animals, including wild birds, if they strike your window, if you find them on the ground, there's something wrong, you don't know what's happening, just put them in a warm, dark, quiet place. And many times, that's really all they really need. So it's a great thing to just kind of have as your your wildlife rescue or chicken rescue mantra. Yes. So that's just a couple of the, you know, ground level things that you want when dealing with first aid situations uh, with animals, especially birds. Uh, but it certainly, you there's a lot more you'd want to have on hand. What yeah. else have we got? Yeah, quite a few things. And I didn't mention it too much in the last part, but a heating pad is a really nice thing to have just because when animals are sick or injured, a lot of times they do have a little bit harder of a time keeping warm because they might be in shock. So that's very nice thing to have for them. And some other basic things you should have around are just rubber gloves and eye and face mask just because... For some people, even, who might be more squeamish than others, this can really help you get the job done so that, you know, and it can help you clean up and avoid transmitting diseases and things to your other um, birds. And um, you should also have some rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide on hand, just something to clean out wounds um, and disinfect the skin. You don't want to get it near the bird's eyes. And, um, you know, rubbing alcohol can be used to disinfect um, small cuts and scrapes, but you shouldn't use it in deep wounds. Um, One very interesting thing I learned about wound health, and this may sound kind of gross to some people, but you can often determine how a wound is healing by how it smells. So when you're first doctoring up your bird and cleaning up your bird, Maybe smell the wound a little bit, and it should have kind of like faintly sweet-ish smell. And it should smell like that 
most of the time that it's healing. And if it doesn't, if it smells gross and nasty and just kind of off, that will be one of your first clues that it's not healing correctly and it may be infected sometimes even before it starts showing other signs. So um, another thing you should have is aspirin to alleviate pain. You can grind that up in a mortar and pestle. There's a lot of um, information online. Um, the ideal dose is 25 grains per gallon of water, um, but you should avoid using it if the bird is bleeding because it's a blood thinner. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Another thing is um, triple antibiotic ointment. Um, to prevent infection and encourage healing. Uh, one thing people should really know that I haven't heard talked about too much is that you don't want to use the kind that has the um, pain relief in it because that substance is toxic to chickens. Or at least you don't want to use any of the pain relief ointments that have anything with the cane name at the end, like benzocaine or lidocaine, um, because... Yeah, they're toxic to chickens, and um, mm. you can use many other things. Um, did you no want? cocaine for the chickens. No cocaine for the chickens. Just in case you were wondering. Yeah, it sounds like it would really be helpful, <laughs> but not this time. Let's see. So um, we've got Vetricin. It's a spray that you can use as a wound covering. Um, it's in... It's and, a spray-on wound covering. Yeah, so it's like an ointment wound covering thing, and it's um, animals can ingest it. So if they're licking it or, you know, they might be pecking at it or picking at it, um, it's non-toxic for them. So right. that's good. And then, of course, you have all of your gauze pads. Well, your So I just wanted to add, I guess, to the spray-on wound care that... Mm -hmm. That's what you want to use when bandaging is awkward mm -hmm. or impossible. That's yes. that's your lifesaver stuff. Yeah, it's it's not something that you say, oh well, I don't need that because I've got bandages. Mm -hmm. Because animals are amazing at getting out of bandages. Mm -hmm. In fact, as a general rule of thumb, I try to, um, if you can avoid bandaging, avoid bandaging because. It's so difficult, uh, and it's kind of a constant struggle with them because they don't like it. Mm -hmm. They want to tear it off, mm -hmm. and um, that leads into a whole subject of, you know, whether it's better to bandage or not to bandage, but that's, that's a whole discussion, yeah. I guess. But I just wanted to point out that, you know, what the spray is for because right. you might not just go oh yeah that's you know what are you going to do if you get a big cut on the back of your chicken's head are you going to bandage its head yeah not really yeah but a spray and you can also take that stuff spray it onto something and then apply it manually too mm -hmm. like dab it on with yeah. a q-tip or something so that's that's good stuff to have folks yeah and that's it's really good too and i would suggest you should cover wounds with chickens um with people i would say fresh air is very good for healing wounds but when i think about my chickens and what they do during their day their dust baths they're tromping around and all kinds of stuff i would um 
I would cover it if possible. Ah, um, uh, well, you see, I would not cover and isolate the bird in a sterile environment. That's another option. You could do that. But that's for, you know, wounds that won't just heal on their own or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. And uh, there's different ways to tackle it. Yeah. Yeah. But you do want to keep um, dirt and that's things out of That's more technique than materials, though. So maybe totally. we shouldn't Still transgress. Definitely worth bringing up, though. Definitely. Um, so all the wound care that stuff that you might need, um, you have non-stick pads, gauze, waterproof tape, first aid wrap. You might want to have some splinting materials like popsicle sticks. Um, all these products are just to protect and cover wounds. And especially if the bird is going to be going back outside after treatment and not being quarantined, then you want to make sure that um, those wounds are going to be protected. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see, especially uh, the waterproof tape is really good for bumblefoot. So after you do a surgery like that, you want to use maybe like vet wrap around the foot with a gauze pad underneath. And maybe even I've heard it suggested a little bit of duct tape to keep the um, really keep the water from seeping in there and the dirt and everything like that. Hmm. And um, yeah, so that's all good stuff to have. And then... Um, a uh, product that a lot of people might already have just around their house. Um, some people use Vaseline for exactly the same purpose, but um, you can use coconut oil and it has a lot of uses. Um, one of them mm. is for suffocating scaly mites on the legs. So really all you have to do is put like a thick layer of it on the, on the legs and feet and it will smother them and they'll die. Um, so that's very handy because it's great for you know, your skin and everything too. And it also promotes healing. It has mild antibacterial properties. So it's a very nice... It's very important that your hens have nice legs. Yeah. Yeah. You want to bring out the sheen, the luster, the glamour. <laughs> That's right. You know, you don't want them to be ashamed. The scaly mites. Ew, yeah. nasty. Definitely not. Maybe you could go to Manny Petty. Not our girls. Yes, no. Anyway, do go on. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, if you want to do that, you put on a thick layer, you slather it on. But if you want to use coconut oil for frostbite, you can put it on their combs frostbite. and waddles. And just you put a thin layer on there. Um, yeah, it... it um, can slow damage from uh, frostbite that has already happened. Um, I think I mentioned it has some antibiotic properties and it helps heal wounds. So it's a very handy thing to have. Um, mm. And uh, also, you know, I, I just thought I'd mention one of our little chicks got really stopped up and constipated. It was very sad. And how we cured that was we fed her a little bit of oil. And coconut oil is amazing because it's solid at room temperature, but it has it has a very high melting point. So it's like as soon as you put it in the bird's mouth, it's going to be totally melted. So you can... Low melting point. Low melting point? Right. Yes. Okay. Melts easily. It melts easily. Whatever the proper terminology is for that. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> Thank you, Shannon, for correcting that. Um, so it's good for that. And um, and maybe even if a bird needs to be it's a little help putting on some weight, 
very healthy fat for them. Um, another awesome thing to have is this stuff called Blue Coat, and it's an antiseptic wound spray that's a really dark blue color. And this is great for birds that are out with their flock mates and I'm assuming a lot of people already know this, but if chickens see a wound on another bird, they like the color red and they'll go and peck at the wound and it can get really nasty and, and very harmful for the bird. So yeah, yeah. so this stuff is an antiseptic and it disguises the wound so that the other chickens are going to not peck at it. You probably have to keep an eye on that, but... Yeah, gosh, I just can't help but say this, you know, <clears throat> if you've got a bird that, that that's that wounded, I mean, well, I don't know. So I had a, a few roosters for a while there, and they would peck each other's heads, and mm -hmm. those would, that would bleed, yeah. and that would, and I wouldn't isolate them, mm -hmm. you know, because... They're probably they're not gonna die of that, mm -hmm. and um, they were gonna die anyway. <laughs> but uh, you know, but if I had like a chicken that got some kind of laceration or something like that, mm -hmm. some a serious an, a serious injury that you you know needs to heal, mm -hmm. you just I just feel like you have to isolate that bird, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I know some people, they have very small iso operations, you know, mm -hmm. like you see those chicken coops that are for like one or two birds and it's like, okay, isolate it where. Yeah. But, you know, that's where your cardboard box comes in. And I hate to say it, you know, so maybe the chicken lives in the house in a box in the or a dog crate or something. or something. Yeah. I had one of those... I was lucky enough to have a house that had two bathrooms prior mm -hmm. and um one of them was one of those shower enclosures that just it's a oh, full door nice. that, so yeah that was just my That's that was my isolation perfect. booth yeah and then you know after they were done in there you just scoop everything together throw it in a bag and wash the rest down the yeah. drain it was easy you That's know awesome but yeah. um yeah just because, yeah, they'll tear into a bird like that. Yes, and, you know, they have this pecking order thing mm -hmm. where, you know, okay, well, maybe Bob had it on me before, but now Bob's got a big gash in his side that mm -hmm. I can peck at and yeah. really mess mess him up. Yeah. And then I'll be on top. So that's what happens. And things could start going really bad for Bob. I so. think they're they're instinctually driven to peck at red things if i have red nail polish on or red socks you can bet that they're going to come and peck at me and i've noticed that before that they do that in fact um my daughter who's a student at uh the university here where they have veterinary um was telling me that in the industry they have a big problem with chicken cannibalism oh yeah yeah and Injuries like that are what in leads to that sort of thing. So yeah. if you can, it's just so much easier, I think, just to take that bird, separate it off. It needs to be yeah. in a clean environment anyway because, as you point out, they get dirty. Mm -hmm. I personally feel if you can avoid bandaging, you should because mm -hmm. it's just yeah, it's difficult to really bandage 
a lot of parts of a chicken without just turning it into a ball of wrapping. Yeah, they're really hard to bandage. And they hate it. Like, imagine taping around a big feathery, you know, body. Yeah. It's going to... Oh. So, yeah, anyway, I just... Definitely, though, if you have to put your birds together, use this blue coat stuff yeah. for because it takes... I would agree, though. If you if you have the option to separate the bird and just put it somewhere clean mm-hmm. so it's not taking dust baths, not mm-hmm. tromping around, not exposed to the other birds, you're probably doing it a favor, especially if it's a baby or a young bird because they especially like to pick on them sometimes and that that can just be awful so and it can be just as easy as throwing a dog crate in your already mm-hmm. existing chicken house yeah and then that chicken just lives in a dog crate in the chicken house yeah the other birds can't get to it, it yeah probably doesn't need to walk around a lot anyway because yeah. it's it has some sort of problem yeah. so what if it's like minor packing and you're noticing it's just starting this might be really fantastic because truthfully it is a lot of work to isolate a chicken sometimes or bring it inside if you don't Mm -hmm. have extra space so it's something you could do to kind of nip it in the bud um, and discourage it so so that stops it from bleeding no um, it's just in it's like a um, wound coating yeah antiseptic spray Mm -hmm. and it basically disguises wounds it's because the chickens like to peck at the color yeah. red and the sight of blood it just so turns it blue it hides it pretty much interesting yeah it's a it's interesting yeah it just hides the fact that it's an open wound so that the mm-hmm. other chickens won't be attracted to it but um there good good yeah there are other things that um you um can use though there's um i forget what it's called but basically it's uh blood stopping powder that and, stuff's uh, great if you don't have that on hand you can use um cornstarch or flour so if you if you have something happen you can also use that um and you might want to have electrolytes on hand for dehydrated birds sick mm-hmm. birds sometimes aren't haven't been taking care of themselves that's a good and, idea because yeah. that can be a very time sensitive issue mm-hmm. a severely dehydrated bird needs rehydrating fluids right now yes okay. so you can get these um packets i think they're called save a chick and if you don't have something like that specific for chickens you can just use gatorade or you can just make um you know online there's lots of recipes for a simple sugar salt and do you remember the other thing you put Mm. no but it basically it's pretty easy to make an electrolyte mixture out of just regular stuff from your house so um that that's good to have um some other stuff you probably want to have around are syringes for different sizes for um, feeding birds that are dehydrated maybe or sick won't take food or water. So you're going to have to syringe feed them. And um, you probably want to look online and get a little advice about how to do that. Make sure you don't right. do it in a way that's going to um, aspirate them. Um, <laughs> really important. You don't hurt them while you're trying to help them. Uh, sometimes you might have to... Um, the animal's so bad off, you might have to do like a subcutaneous injection of water for severe dehydration. Um, it might be a little, sound a little crazy to people, but all you do is lift up the skin and um, inject and um, not into right. the muscle. But um, 
You might need scalpels, tweezers, a small needle and thread, or super glue for sewing up wounds. You can sometimes super glue a wound mm -hmm. shut. Yep. You can super glue a beak that's been cracked wow. back on. Um, I've never done that. You'd have to get... Oh, me neither. I would feel very nervous about doing it. Gosh. But it's something that you can do. Um, you can have nail trimmers, a nail file, cotton swabs, an excellent thing that you shouldn't overlook is a flashlight or a headlamp because headlamp yeah definitely go I for a just, headlamp yeah but you know you don't know when these things are going to happen is it going to happen at night is it going to happen when the power has gone out because some other issue is um mm -hmm. you know going on and the headlamp allows you to have your hands you know. free and really see what you're yeah, looking at i was going to say dealing with, even so. if it's daylight yeah You'd be surprised how just like trying to look into a An chicken's wing, wing pit, so to speak, yeah. through all those feathers. And or it's look like, in a wound and see if something's stuck in there when blood right, is trying to come out. Right. Um, you know, yeah. it's really, really good to have. You want to have uh, scissors. In, and In fact, I was just going to throw in there, I would say headlight, headlamp and flashlight because what I find is that the headlamp is always pointed forward mm -hmm. and it's useful to keep like if you have a helper or something yeah. too it's good to have a light always focused on what you're working on and wherever you're looking yeah that's so a good idea i always have yeah. both the more especially light, said the headlamps better. are so small yeah yeah just the more visibility but you, you have the hands free is important very very important yeah, especially trying to sew up something that's, oh, sure. uh, you know, it, blood everywhere. Impossible. Not to be gruesome, without... but this is a reality, and you might mm -hmm. have to be prepared for it someday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just a few more things um, for scorpion, wasps, spider bites, and stings. You can use Benadryl for your chickens, um, <laughs> and uh, you can use... Baking soda will sometimes neutralize some of the toxins in certain stinging insects like wasps, um, certain types of wasps. But um, so there's that. Um, yeah, you might you might uh, need to treat, you know, a prolapse chicken by, you know, that's when their insides kind of come out and won't go back in you can use coconut oil and gently their vent yeah their vent <laughs> thank you <laughs> um i knew there's a better word for that but you can like push it back in better word than what thank yeah. you yeah so so yeah that's um a sh quick little rundown of some basic things that you could have on hand for your chickens and hopefully just some good simple ideas you can really expand on all of these things and there's a lot more you could add to these lists but this well, is just your basic kind of setup i wanted to add something okay and of course i'm gonna have to be the one to do it but we left out you need something to kill your bird with. I think that's a whole nother, that's a more, a very complicated topic, but definitely you well, should be Well, the prepared. particulars of it, but I, and that's why I said something, because mm -hmm. how you choose to do that is a wide topic. Yeah. And there are a number of different ways, but I do want to stress that 
uh, a lot of that, uh, and another thing we didn't talk about, birds are adept at hiding injuries. Mm-hmm. And because that's a survival mechanism, because mm-hmm. it makes you look weak out in nature. And, you know, the coyote wants an injured bird. That's mm-hmm. ideal, right? So yeah. you hide injuries. And unfortunately, what that means is that fairly often you don't find out until it's too late. Yeah. And your bird is basically going to die. Yeah. Or intervention would just be too complicated. Mm-hmm. And it's just what you don't want to have happen is your bird is going to die. There's no way around that. And you have no way of killing your bird fast. Yeah. Or you have a, a more awkward way and you try to do it and you don't know what you're doing and you don't succeed the first time. And uh, I have been in that position and it's really, really awful. Not to be depressing, but I would say you know, maybe it might be good to watch some YouTube videos and just know how to do it mm-hmm. ahead of time. It's well, not we're going to talk about that on the thing. show. All right, so that's uh, our basics for a first aid kit. And, of course, I want to reemphasize that we didn't really talk much about techniques. And, you know, these are all tools, and tools are only as useful as their wielder is competent, you know. Uh, I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about first aid kits and this guy was telling the host of this show about how he'd spent a fortune on this, you know, apocalypse first aid (laughs) kit, you know, and they were looking through it and uh, he pulls out this uh, defibrillator thing and is like, you know what this is? Do you know how to use it? And the guy's (laughs) like, no, no, you know. This is for a sucking chest wound. Do you know how to fix a sucking <laughs> chest wound? No, no. It's like so basically what it boiled down to is the guy basically knew how to put on band-aids. Mm. But he went out and bought this Cadillac first aid kit, you know, oh, and boy. it's just well, I so, better get busy. <laughs> you know, this stuff, you know, we didn't talk about how for instance you might want to pre-chop up the popsicle sticks so that they're the right sizes to splint to your bird so that you don't have to have these mm-hmm. rough edged splints yeah. or if you do have to do that that you can use the duct tape to tape down mm-hmm. over the corners of the splint so that they don't dig into the bird when you splint right. the bird or and... some of the dosages you don't want to just go winging it so to speak no yeah this stuff so it's worth looking into mm-hmm. the first aid stuff. It, you... But the more you know and you've taught yourself ahead of time, the more prepared you're going to be. You'll be able to react a lot quicker, just even if you have the most basic overview and kind of imagine what you might do, you know, and get it just straight in your head first, you know. Mm-hmm. It will be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've had chickens for a lot of years and... I could probably count the number of first aid things that I had to do on one hand, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not a... And I had a lot of birds. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cool thing about this stuff is not all of this applies to all animals, but much of it will apply to most animals and right. people as well. So yeah, you'll be in a good position to help yeah, should anything yeah. happen. All right. Well, 
Let's see here. Uh, we'd like to thank you all for co- tuning in and listening to us go on and on Yay. about chickens, our favorite subject. Uh, please stop by our iTunes page and give us ratings and reviews. That'll really help the show in terms yeah. of uh, other people being able to find it yeah. because we think, of course, everybody should listen to this show. Even if you don't know what a chicken is, you should listen to this show. Um, So, yeah, stop by and visit us on iTunes and tell us just how amazingly awesome Amber is. Um, You can go by our website. That's TwinBeaksChickenPodcast.com where you can read my rantings about various chicken subjects Mm -hmm. and uh, check out the pictures of chickens. We've been posting pictures of our listeners Mm -hmm. and followers and their chickens on Facebook and that's been a lot of fun. fun. We have all sorts of obscure art and Mm -hmm. old photographs and all just all kinds of Strange and unusual chicken stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, there's our forum, you know, where you can hold forth on various subjects and learn all kinds of things. Uh, please feel free to stop by and contribute there. Let's see. Um, we do also have pages on Facebook, Twin mm-hmm. Beaks Chicken Podcast. Right? That's mm. Twin Beaks Chicken Church. And that, yeah. That is our group where people can share to their heart's content all the pictures, stories, and articles about chickens. And um, the regular t- Just Twin Beaks page is where we can keep people up to date um, on our Twin Beaks Chicken podcast happenings. And if you are just an absolute junkie for all sorts of chicken art and photographs and just, you know, every kind of thing, media like that through history, you should check out Amber's Pinterest page, Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast. That is just the most epic library of chicken art ever. Um... Yes, so thanks once again for tuning into the show and stay tuned again for next week. Uh, Once again, thank you for listening to the Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast. We make the chicken tractors run on time. (laughs) Oh, gosh. This is Chicken Squawk by the artist MDC off the album Elvis in the Rhineland. Big as I'm a disco head and let your chickens free.
Yeah.